This is Real Ghost Stories Online. I am your host, Tony Bruski. Well, hello and welcome to another episode. Thank you so much for joining us, wherever the case may be. Uh, probably YouTube, because that's uh, currently where we are living. Eventually, we will uh, we'll get back out there on some of the other platforms. But for the time being, our home shall be called a little place called... YouTube, and that's where you're going to find us every week for the time being. Uh, I want to, of course, thank you for coming, and of course, uh, thank uh, all of our returning listeners who will follow us loyally every week. We we love you. Uh, you are the reason we keep doing this show, um, and I'm going to ask you for a favor on today's episode, and give you a little something-something in return. Not that. Get your mind out of the gutter. Unless, unless you really... Oh, wait, I'm married. No. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, here's here's what we want to do. I want to give you a, a bonus episode, okay? An episode of the show that I'm gonna I'm gonna put up there exclusively for you uh, as a thank you uh, for being a very loyal listener of the show at RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. Um, and and here's how you get that bonus episode. Pretty simple. You probably got a Facebook page, maybe a Twitter account, maybe probably got a YouTube account if you're uh, if you're listening to us on YouTube. The way that you get this bonus episode is you share the show. Okay? That's that's all you got to do is you share the show. So either you uh, you share it to your followers on uh, on Facebook or Twitter and you you put a link up to our, our either YouTube uh, episode, our YouTube page, or Real Ghost Stories Online's website. Um, you know, just get word out about the show. Write a little something, something to your friends. Hey, this is a great show. I've been listening to it for a long time. I really like it. You may like it too. What? what are you, uh, the spirit moves you to write. That's what we would like you to write uh, and share it on a social channel. Then, once you've done that, let me know about it. How do you let me know about it? Yeah, you email me uh, by uh, just shoot me an email. Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. And and just uh, title your, uh, your email bonus episode, okay? That's all you got to say. Bonus episode and a link to where you shared your, your love if you will, or a screenshot, if you want to send me a screenshot, if that's easier for you, whatever the case may be, all you gotta do, share the show, send me an email, tell me where you shared it, show me where you shared it, and I will reply back to you with a place you can get the bonus episode of Real Ghost Stories online, okay? It's a full-blown, 100% brand new episode that I've, I've made for you, 30 minutes of content, just like all the other shows, and it's all original stuff. It's not from any other episode. It's not like the bottom of the barrel. It's, it's really good stuff, um, and uh, and it's not being published to the rest of the world, just to you if you share uh, the love for the show. So please do that, okay? Let's get into today's show at Real Ghost Stories Online, shall we? To kick it off, let's go out to the phone lines and and get uh, a ghost story from uh, a caller to 855-853-4802. This gentleman dialed in the other night. Yes. Hello, Tony Bruski. Uh, my name is Spencer. I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I just figured out a call in with my, uh, my ghost story. I'm 16. Um, this ghost story happened whenever I was about 13 or 14. 
my grandfather and grandmother owned some land in a town called Owasso, Oklahoma, and their house sat on a couple of acres. It was a very, very, very large land. Um, there would be like land as kind of a backyard, and then next to it there was just forest and grass and I don't believe they owned any of that land. But anyways, I would spend the night there a couple of times, and I would always kind of hear movement in bushes, hear some weird sounds, uh, dogs would be barking in that direction, and also I would just think in my head, they're just hunters or it's just people walking through there. But, you know, at 2, 3 a.m., that's, that's not a very normal time for hunters. Um, and I found out recently that I have some Creek Indian in me. I'm, I'm 100% Caucasian, but there's just a little bit of Creek Indian in me. And I found out that on that land, there were Creek Indians that would go through there. I think, uh, I, I think the main area was Creek Indian. I think that would be counted as the Muscogee area. For all you people, you can go Wikipedia that. But, uh, I just figured I'd call in for the story. Um, I didn't really ever see anything. I mean, I, I would see shadows, and I would see silhouettes, and I would see figures walking through there, but I never heard any Indians. I never heard anything. It just it was always something that was very creepy and something to, something to uh, tell around the campfire. So uh, thanks for listening to this, and uh, love the show. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for your call. If you have a real ghost story, you can reach us at 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Leave us your real ghost story. That was an interesting one. It's one that leaves a lot to the imagination. You know, it's a wooded area. Could it have just been some animals he was hearing out there in the distance? Or could there have been something else? going on. There's usually a a distinct sound difference between hearing people rummaging through a wooded area and animals. And you may go, ah, I mean, how do you know? I grew up in the country. I grew up in a wooded area. I could tell for the most part when there were some hunters wandering through the back. Or if there was a raccoon wandering through the back. There's just a different sound to it. And if you're living in that area, you just, you know. And at 3 a.m., if you hear that sound, where it sounds as if someone, the sound you would typically inherently know as being human walking through there. And there shouldn't be a human wandering through there at that time. It leaves a lot to the imagination. All right, quick reminder. Again, we want to give you that bonus episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. All you have to do is share the show with your friends and your followers on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, wherever the case may be that you have people who are following you. Maybe MySpace, if you're still back in uh, 94. Uh, okay, that was a 94. It was like 2004. Um, anyway, uh, share the uh, the episode and then email me a link to, uh, to where you did that, Sharon, or a screenshot, whatever the case may be. Just email Tony at Real Ghost Stories Online, T-O-N-Y at realghoststoriesonline.com uh, with that link, and I will reply back to you personally with a place to get that bonus episode just for you as a big thank you for sharing the love and letting folks know about the show because when you do that, that's how our show grows. That's how more people start following us. That's how we we gain the, the following that we have, and that's what makes the show better every single week. So share 
then let me know where you shared by emailing Tony at realghoststoriesonline.com and uh, and uh, then I will send you that, that bonus episode as a thank you, okay? Okay, continuing on, this is a letter that was written to us from Bobby. She wrote it in at realghoststoriesonline.com. Click that tell us your ghost story button and this is what Bobby wrote us. Ready? Okay, so here we go. It's kind of a creepy story. I must preface this story by saying that until this event occurred, I was an adamant non-believer. Having been raised in a very religious home, I was certain that the only spiritual beings that existed in our realm were either of heavenly or bi- diabolical origin. This occasion turned that belief on its head. Four years ago, my now ex-husband and I took a road trip across the southern states. Along the way, we stopped to spend the night at a plantation near Alexandria, Louisiana. I've always been fascinated with history and historical locations, and this beautiful home was right up my alley. Or so I thought. We've all heard people say, I felt like someone was watching me. I always consider this to be a particularly idiotic statement. How can you feel someone watching you? From the moment we drove up the dirt lane to the mansion, I was struck with a very peculiar and unfamiliar feeling. It took a while before I realized it felt as though someone was looking over my shoulder. That put an end to my arrogant condescension towards people who make such a statement. My excitement at the great age and fascinating history of the property was overshadowed by a distinct feeling of unease. Where curiosity would normally have led me to explore every nook and cranny of the house, even sneaking into places where the public is generally not allowed, as I've been known to do in the past, I was unable to shake a slightly sickening feeling of dread. The house itself is possessed of a particularly dark history. Having seen the abomination of slavery, a gratuitous violence of the Civil War, battles between the inhabitants and the indigenous native population of the area, and even execution, murder, and suicide, all of which took place on the grounds. The house is similar brick structures which have stood since well before the Civil War. It was in one of these outbuildings that my then-husband and I were to spend that would become one of the most memorable nights of my life. The building itself had a very homey, welcoming appearance, but I couldn't manage to make myself relax. It felt consistently on my guard. Every creak and groan made me jump and look around the room. Somehow... I managed to fall into a very uneasy sleep. Around 3.30 in the morning, my eyes popped open. It took a moment for me to realize that there seemed to be something hazy at the side of the bed. The property's light shining through the window provided enough light for me to see the interior of the room clearly. I blinked repeatedly, thinking that the black haze I was seeing had to be a trick of the eye. But as the black haze began to come together and grow both in size and viscosity, I realized to my complete horror that it was forming into the shape of a large woman. I opened my mouth and tried to scream and nothing would come out. I felt frozen. Before you argue that it may have been sleep paralysis, 
I would like to point out that I've suffered from sleep paralysis since I was a small child. I know well the feelings, effects, and even visual and auditory hallucinations that accompany it. Because I've experienced it for so long, I know when it's happening and know that the things I experience in that state are not real. This occurrence was completely, entirely different. It must have been only seconds, but it felt like an eternity. Time seems to slow when your adrenaline is pumping. I finally found my voice and screamed my head off. My husband, assuming it was a nightmare, shook me and yelled at me to wake up. I'm not asleep, I screamed. I shot bolt upright in bed and flicked the lamp on. The shape was gone. I was shaking and trembling and sweating and hyperventilating. I couldn't even find the words to tell my husband what had happened, though I did insist that we spend the rest of the night with every light and television turned on. After a restless span of hours, my husband informed me that he would never bring me to a potentially haunted property again. Around 8 a.m., we dragged ourselves to the main house for breakfast, after which the caretaker offered to take us on a tour of the property. At the end of the tour, he said, Since you're not staying the night, I'll tell you the story of your bungalow. Back before the Civil War, there were two slave women on this property who loathed each other. One was a house slave, the other a cook and nanny. The house slave, a devout practitioner of voodoo, decided she'd had all she could take of the cook and poisoned her dinner one night. The room where you stayed was the original kitchen. It's where the cook died. People often claimed to see her between two and three in the morning, either standing at their bedside or sitting in the chair in the corner. She's never malicious or fierce. She just seems to want to be remembered. As the story spilled from the man's mouth, I watched my husband's eyes grow wider and wider, as I'm sure my own were doing. I had finally told him what had happened during the night, and in the bright light of the morning, it had been easy to tell myself that it was a dream. The man's story filled me with dread, and my husband turned to me and said, Tell him about your dream. I then proceeded to choke out my account of my own experience, followed by pacing the floor of the upstairs hole and repeating to myself over and over, it was just a dream. It was just a dream. It was just a dream. Though I well knew it wasn't. The man showed no surprise whatsoever and responded, you have no idea how many times I've heard that same story. For the rest of the day, I refused to enter the building by myself. I could feel the unfortunate woman's eyes on me every time I had to walk into the former kitchen. Though I felt no danger, I was terrified simply because it was an alien experience for which I was completely unprepared. I thought I should behave as any woman would want a stranger to behave in her domain, and so I was careful to treat every object in the place with a reverential respect. I cleaned away every trace of our presence and made sure all was tidy before we left, and every step of the way I could feel her watching me, curious perhaps sad, and hopefully approving of the way I treated her residence. Since my encounter, I have endeavored to learn all I can about the supernatural, to know more about my own experience. I do not take the subject lightly, and it's far more than a means of entertainment. 
I fully believe that 90% of hauntings can be explained away by natural phenomena, perhaps even my own experience. I'm sure some of my emotions were brought on simply by knowing the history of the place and not through some psychic communication as I'm not remotely physically sensitive and prefer to keep it that way. However, I now realize that there is far more to the spiritual realm than we can grasp, and it's not possible to assign rules to it and put it in a tidy little box. As I've gained knowledge, I've begun begun to question, where does our energy go when we leave our bodies? Clearly, we're not simply sent above or below. Energy cannot be destroyed. It must go somewhere. And sometimes that energy comes into contact with our realm. Though I am far too much of a chicken to ever investigate a location myself, I admire and respect those who do, those who do it legitimately, with the intention of learning and of helping energies that are trapped and unhappy. Someday I'd love to return to the plantation in Louisiana and address the woman who showed herself to me years ago. I would like to thank her for opening my eyes, literally and figuratively. I'd like to apologize for my fear-based reaction and encourage her to move on from that place of death and suffering, to go to the light and to be with her loved ones and to be at peace. Bobby, thank you for writing in that letter. I really, really greatly do appreciate it. Again, it's one of those letters that we get in and it makes you wonder even more about the beyond, what it is that people are seeing out there and what, what it is that they're experiencing. Something that comes to my mind that, that I always wonder is why does it seem to take a human to communicate to an entity that they're gone and that they should move on? Why does that communication need to take place in order for that entity to move to the next place it should go to? Does it not realize that it's there already? Because if it's a conscious entity, if it's a conscious being, it would have to be to be able to communicate back and forth like that to understand, hey, we're telling you, you're not really here. Move, go to the light, go, you know, exactly how she described it. If it's that conscious to get that communication, how is it not conscious enough to realize that it is in a place or in a state uh, that it's it's not on an earthly realm anymore where it was as a human? You know, that it, it's another question that comes up. I, I don't profess to have the answer to it, but it's one of those things where you just, you, you go, uh, how, you know, if one equals this, why does this not equal that? Yeah. Very interesting. Let's go to another caller. Hi, you're on the air. When I was three, this is to go, mm-hmm. I was moving in with my grandmother. And I can remember one night that uh, we heard something in the basement that sounded like chains dragging across the basement floor. What sort of a house was this? This is an old rock house that was built in the 1880s that was actually burial grounds were disturbed when they built the house there. And so now they will haunt that house. I can remember chains rattling on the basement floor like like you had a big toe chain and you were dragging it across the basement floor sure and so my grandmother called one of her friends who was full-blooded Cherokee Indian he said to go up and shoot over the house three times with a shotgun not a rifle mm-hmm. and that it would never bother you again he did that and the chains never happened again but he went to jail 
for weapons charges. No, just kidding. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the ghost story. If you have a real ghost story to share with us, please give us a call. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. Leave it for us. Or you can write into us, realghoststoriesonline.com. And please, of course, share. Share the love. Subscribe to the show. You click that subscribe button and you will never miss an episode. We put them out every single week. Hi, you're on the air. Well, I live in a, about a 100-year-old farmhouse, mm-hmm. and when we moved in, about 11 o'clock every night, I would hear music coming from the back of the house in one of the back bedrooms. Describe and the music. It's like an old-time radio, like it's being tuned. Okay. And like if you hear music, you know, coming from a bar, you really can't make out the sure. sound, but you, you hear the music, you hear people talking. Okay. And that's what I hear coming from the back bedroom, and I thought I was just... I thought I was just hearing things, so we're laying there one night, and my husband goes, you hear that? And I said, you hear the music, too. I thought it was just me. <laughs> but And we also see someone who walks through our kitchen, like past our fridge and then into the wall, a lady in white. Every once in a while, we'll see her. Like out of the corner of your eye or directly yep. in front of you? No, like out of the corner of our eye, you'll look and you'll see her just like really fast. It's interesting when you hear the stories of, uh, of people hearing music. You hear that quite often where somebody's like, I, I, I hear this music and I don't know where it's coming from. You know, music is one of those things that, that they say really resonates with, with people and it's something that, that you don't forget. Even, even when you get very, very old, uh, if you start to get dementia, if you start to lose memory, music is one of those things that, that tends to pull people back and memories back, which is really amazing. It makes you wonder when you hear the stories of the music in the afterlife and you hear stories of music coming out of things where music should not be coming out of like that. Is that something that we can still enjoy in the beyond? Is that something that that people are still enjoying or entities are still enjoying on the other side? I hope so. I really hope so. I hope when I get to go haunt people, which I have full intention of doing someday, full intention of doing, that I can still, you know, turn on my iPod, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever, whatever, you know, you know my, snap your finger, there you go, there's music. Suddenly, Michael McDonald starts playing out of a coffee cup, and my great-grandchildren will be like, what is going on? Why, when I have coffee every morning, I start hearing, okay, forget, you know, that's, that's what I'm planning on doing someday to my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, yeah. Michael McDonald music just coming out of a coffee mug in the morning when they're getting ready to go to work. And they're like, oh, great, Grandpa. There he goes again. He's playing Michael McDonald out of my coffee mug. That silly bastard. You know, that's that's what I plan on doing. Seriously. Not going to be like a mean ghost, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess with people. <laughs> that's all I'm going to do. That's, that's just, that's that's my goal. You got to set him, set him high. Let's go to another real ghost story. Hi. Uh, and again, the phone number to call if you have a real ghost story, 855 855- 853-4802-855-853-4802 to share yours. Hi, you're on the air. His name was Walt, and I uh, lived in this house that was built, they say, like in 1890, and it was a big four-story house. Mm-hmm. Never seen him, but you could just hear funny noises from time to time, and so we just always kind of nicknamed him Walt. Well, when my husband now um, started coming over to see me at this house, he always felt weird. Mm-hmm. Had a musty smell. He said, I can smell a musty smell. He goes, you've got a ghost. And I said, yeah, his name's Walt. And he always had this weird feeling, but we never did when we lived there. Well, when we moved me from my house to his house, he never had that feeling at his house. But when we moved my stuff that first night, he said, 
Walt came. And I said, what do you mean Walt came? He goes, I saw Walt came with us. We had to go back the next day to get the last load. And when we went back and came back that next day, he said, he must have gone home. He must have stayed over there. And I said, well, Walt always wanted to, he probably wanted to come and see where we were going to move and we were going to be okay. He just wanted to give you a housewarming ghost I, gift. I guess. I guess he came to check out to where we was at. But his name was Walt. That's what we called him. The story of Walt. Thank you for that call. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is the number to call to share your real ghost story with us that that brings up another interesting topic of of in in the ghost world can you move can you go around can you follow people you know oftentimes when you hear of something following people it's it's not so much a positive entity that's that's continuing onward and going with it oftentimes it's like oh okay that demonic spirit that keeps uh torturing the cat uh and and me uh is is still with us even though we've moved halfway across the country it doesn't seem to want to go away because the cat uh, is still being tortured and i'm still waking up with those scratch marks on my back and i know the cat's not giving them to me because uh, it's you know there's hoof marks you know in the hallway that it's that sort of thing that's that's following you don't often hear of you know hey the friendly neighborhood ghost walt decided to come along and uh, he made us coffee this morning but it makes you wonder can can the good ghosts go wherever or is it just the um the really negative forces that are are able to do that you know, really makes you think uh, again, a big thank you if you have uh, tuned into the show uh, and you're a loyal listener or you're brand new. We welcome you to the fold of uh, our following. And uh, this is fun community that we're growing here around realghoststoriesonline.com. Please, uh, when you're finished with the show today, share it. Share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, or wherever the case may be. And let me know where you shared it. And I'll give you a bonus episode of the show that is not going on to anybody but you, who shared that show, okay? Very easy to do. Share it uh, with your Facebook followers. Share it with your uh, Twitter followers. Share it with YouTube. Wherever the case may be, share the show. Google Plus, if, if you're one of the three people who are on there. And uh, and just share. And then send me uh, a, a screenshot or a link uh, so I can see where you shared it. You just email Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, maybe put in that headline uh, something to the effect of bonus episode, and I will know what it is all about. And I will reply back to you with a bonus episode just to say thank you for sharing the show because it is so greatly appreciated. It really, really, truly is because we are not doing this show for um, for any sort of profit or anything. You know, How are you making money on it? I'm not I'm really. I'm actually I'm losing money making this show, but I'm doing it because it's fun. It's um, you know, it's gotta have kind of something that you're passionate about. Just do it, just do it to do it. You know, that's what this show's all about. So, anyway, share the show. I'll share some love with you with a bonus episode uh, because you care and I care and uh, we're all. We're all in that uh, that circle of ponies and rainbows and having a good old time, right? <laughs> That's what my daughter would say, anyway. Something to that effect. And then she'd whisper in my ear, "Pizza." Yeah, my uh, yeah my my uh, my two year old right now is uh, obsessed with pizza. So she comes up to you with secrets, and the secrets always pizza. It's kind of weird. Love her though. Hi, you guys. Until next time, from Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony Bruschi, thank you for listening.